Well, Paul's not here, but <coughs> he ordered me to have a shirt. Shirt. Yes, he ordered me to have a shirt on today. <laughs> I wasn't sure mine was kind of getting loose while I was dancing. But anyway, saying that, I have two shirts on. Gosh. <laughs> okay. Short message today. And so um, I told him that I would work on a two-hour one. So there you go. <laughs> I am really excited to be able to go today to Paul Morris and Brandon, I know, has been working hard, and I think there's quite a few others that have been working, and I just really want to bless them, and so I want to pray for that right now. I just want to bless them. They've kind of been through a tough season. Laura walked out the door, so she doesn't get to hear this, so oh well. <laughs> They've been kind of through a tough season, so let's just love on them today. That's what family does, and so Father, we thank you for that beautiful family. We thank you that they always offer their place in the fall. And, Lord, they work hard. They did a maze. They just do all kinds of things, Lord. I know Jacob and Patricia are helping. And, Lord, I just, I just want to thank you for a beautiful family like that. And I just declare that the season of blessing is upon them and the multiplication and the joy where they had the season of, of weeping, now they're coming into the season of joy and reaping in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And we thank you. Um, God never ceases to amaze me. You know, when he puts calls on your life, he just does it, and you don't even know that you had it done. You know, I mean, it's serious. You just go, oh, I, yeah. And years ago, I had... I always knew that I was called to be a missionary. That was, you know, as a kid, that's the only word you had was I was going to go to all these countries. And uh, that was the only, you know, you had little missionaries come to your church, and so that's all I knew. So I was going to go live with the natives. But it wasn't quite that picture, and then I would read books about it. And then um, I went to a conference at um, Rick Joyner's, and they gave prophetic words, and Teresa, my stenographer, happened to be there and wrote every word down, or I might not have remembered it, but it was that I was going to go from mountain to mountain. I was going to go to all these places, and every place I went, I'd leave residue. Well, I've been to 37 nations now, and my burden has been over our nation, you know, in this uh, past season, but I had been to all those nations, and I said, Lord, what's the residue? And he said, my heart that you believe that I want to do good, that you believe heaven wants to come to this, this area. And so all these, and most of them have been third world nations, but most of these nations, I felt like I was a citizen, and I felt God's heart, and it just happened. And many, many times I'd end up in the places of leadership and didn't even know. I mean, I ended up praying for Benjamin Netanyahu before he got prime minister the first time. And just things like that, that it's like, how does that happen? So uh, uh, Ron mentioned about going to D.C. after we'd gone to see Sean Foyt down in Tennessee. He mentioned it. And I was like, yeah, well, we had already had a plan. We were going to go out to Reading because uh, they were having a leadership conference. And that was a small conference just of pastors. And so it was going to be very interesting to hear to me, what was going on, and I was, I've been really, really burdened for Reading because they are this huge multicultural group that has, I'm telling you, every place I've been in the world, they've touched it. It's, uh, it's incredible. 
and when we were at Hillsongs and places like that, same thing. And so saying all that, they're shut down, and they have had 250 with COVID, and they have just had onslaught. And if anyone has seen the um, Instagram or the podcast or whatever, Chris got on and explained we did everything that we were supposed to do. We did not in any way violate things. And, of course, they're being blamed because that's what happens with Christians. Because the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy us, okay, God's people. So saying all that, I'd been real burdened. And before Chris had even shared, I told Ron, I said, they go through the Reading fires. They go through cancer. They go through all these things. And God, there are people, and they believe in multi-generations. That's, that's their thing. When we went out there, it was just a generational work. And we had just heard a speaker that had spoke, and they said, the thing I love, because I'm a first-time generation speaker was, he said, is there six generations involved in this, this work that's happening here? And I remember Sean Boltz prophesied to them and said, you've got a grand grandfathers and great-grandfathers, and they're in heaven, and they've already prayed for this, but they're praying again for all this. And then he specifically told things that were going to happen. And so saying all that, God didn't, I, which is so neat to me because i got children in heaven. It was never limited by a veil. I have those that are praying for me. I, I've seen Phyllis twice, and she'll go, I'm praying for you, you know, things like that. And I'm just, I'm just telling you it's not limited, okay? So here we are, and it worked out for us to go to D.C., and so we're going to go next weekend. We'll be gone. I, and we've never, I'm never, honestly, in all the travels, been gone three weeks in a row. But we will be gone next Sunday. We'll be back during the week and for the school of ministry. But then we'll also, by the way, we're taking up money on, on Tuesday. Just, I better tell you now because you heard me say it, didn't you? Okay. We're taking it for the school of ministry. Okay. Back to where I was at. <laughs> Where was I? Anybody want to tell me? <laughs> okay, so um, after we got back from D.C., well, I just still could not get it out of my head. And I talked to John, and he's going, oh, it's, you know, you don't want to come. You can't do things. And, you know, it was kind of like that. And so I said, Ron, let's just pray over it. And I went to bed that night, and uh, he did, and we prayed. And I knew and the Lord goes, I've got an assignment for you there. I want you in that place that's having hurt and harm and a lot of hardship. And I want you as the body of Christ to support what's going on there. I Just put your feet there and bless. Anyway, and so then I ended up talking to my friend Jill, who her and Ronnie are over their 70s. They had COVID, and they said it wasn't worth shutting the country down. In fact, it was no big deal because they were also in good health when they got it, and they said they'd had flus a lot worse. And so saying all that, it's not. they said, we're not saying, you know, go out and get COVID. We're just saying that it's not worth military law over, <laughs> okay? So saying that, uh, uh, she started, I started telling her what we were doing, and she said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I have a word for you. And she said, God has an assignment for you from coast to coast. He wants you on both coasts before this election happens. Now, 
Is that incredible? If I planned it, it wouldn't. I mean, you guys know. I mean, all of your lives, you know. Well, this is another one. I'm just going to tell you, God is in control. Listen to this. My dad uh, got an insurance agent that um, Darlene knew them, and they're good Christians. And so they they have ministered to dad and Darlene to help them get their uh, affairs in order. And lo and behold, dad starts talking to him, and he was in the military, in the army, in Germany, at the same time my brother died. And he was the one that took care of the bodies to send them home. And he remembered Mark. And my dad just bawled and bawled and bawled. He did. He just, he's just like, is that how big God is, that he would have a believer there caring for my son when I couldn't be there? Now, that's just God. How did that happen? And then we went to this trim, healthy mama thing. By the way, Hannah was fantastic. Just saying, you know, she was. She's amazing. But saying that, um, we had um, 10 ladies from the Pentecostal church that I'd never met. I, I, I didn't know them. And, you know, we ended up having this amazing time of fellowship, just laughing and having a good time. And lo and behold, we found out that two of the girls grew up in a house on 67, a little A frame. It's the house that Ethan and Haley now have. And there was three girls. They used to swim in the lake. I said, ooh, there's turtles and snakes. And they were like, oh, we didn't care. Um, they were there for about two or three years, moved, I mean, grew up um, when Ron and I were there, but we were just building, so we wouldn't have known them or anything. And they're older. Saying all that, they were a Christian family. And they built that house as a Christian family. So you tell me, you know, that you can orchestrate anything. You guys, God has purposes for you, and you'll meet it. You will. Just stay in him and believe. He'll put you right where he wants you to be. I, I am just, I'm just always amazed. I am. God is in control. So saying that, uh, I, I really am asking you to be in prayer for us and with us. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be on the White House, what do they call that? Mall. keep wanting to call it the lawn, and I knew it wasn't the lawn, but, you know. We'll be on the, we'll be on the mall, and we also are going to George, join with Georgian, and he has um, the... Um, David's tent, and it's right there on the mall. We've been there before, and he's having one night Chuck Pearson, another night Cindy Jacobs, and they're having prayer. Uh, and so we're going to join with them also. So I'm excited because if we're the tip of the arrow, you all are part of whatever happens, and you're part of the glory of that. And then um, just pray that we get the right prayers and the right um, encounters out in Reading that we're supposed to have because we'll be leaving to go to that the next week. And Kristen and Greg are going with us, so that's, that's exciting. And pray that there's no lockdown. If there is, we'll have to make some drives out of it, okay? <laughs> so, I think that was it for the, the stories. Oh, Laura left. Okay, Laura, I'm hurrying. 
Father, I just want to thank you this morning um, just for this amazing family. Thank you for when we got to go down to, I think God's calling. Thank you when we got to go down to um, Tennessee and, Lord, be a part of the body of Christ there. That was incredible. The love and the unity. Lord, it was amazing. It just was amazing. And, Lord, I saw that you're breaking down denominational lines. You're breaking down all lines, and it's just going to be about love and Jesus. We didn't even talk politics. We just talked Jesus. And, Lord, I thank you for that. And I declare Jesus Christ as Lord over this nation. I thank you. So did God say anything whose ever phone rang? Tony, was it you? Cam, what's God saying? So does that mean we're going on through? We're going on through, you guys. <laughs> oh, it's breakthrough. Okay. Um, I want to talk about what God does with us because we prayed with Brandy on Tuesday night, and we're still continuing to believe that infirmity and all those things, it was broken at the cross, but he takes the people that keep pushing to see it broken. And so, um, you know, that's just kind of where we're at. And, um, but God takes us through things or allows us to go through things, and I want to tell you the difference between what God does and what the devil does, okay? 1 Corinthians 1, 8 through 9, he will keep you strong. That's what God does. And steady to the very end. That's what God does. Making your character mature. Through every trial, you just become more mature. You realize you can trust him more. So you will be found innocent and perfect on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ethan and I didn't talk, but this is, uh, I don't know if this is a scripture he read, but God is forever faithful, and he can be trusted to do this in you, for he has invited you to co-share the life of his son. And I realized that, you know, Jesus said, eat, eat my body and drink my blood. And yes, we take communion constantly, but do you realize we are already co-sharing the life of Christ? We are already eating his body and drinking his blood. And as he is, so are we in this world. So it's a continual process. So he said he's invited us to co-share the life of his son, Jesus, the anointed king. At your lowest point, and I was praying. Does anybody ever pray for a hard heart with somebody and go, what does it take for their heart to come to the Lord? What does it take for someone to see? Jesus, to see who he is. What does it take? And so I just was really, really praying about it. And uh, I said, Lord, what does it take to take someone? And they may have a lot of religion, but they don't have love. And if you have not love, you don't have really Jesus. You got religion. And I said, what does it take to get you from this place maybe of religion or whatever to this place of love? What is it? I don't, I don't know. How do I pray? And he said, when you come to the end of yourself. Every single one of us, when we accepted Jesus, came to the end of ourself. And we grow every time we come to the end of ourself. 
Anybody been through a trial where you came to the end of yourself? You're a believer. You love God. And you came to the end of yourself. You're maturing right there. And that's what it said. At your lowest point at the end of yourself, in your darkest hour, his light shines through for you and you become a recipient of his grace and a recipient of his favor. And you can't help but want to extend that grace and love to others. If you want to know if someone has been touched by Jesus, they will love. They'll love. It's just, it's just a sign. And I'm not talking fake love. I'm talking real love. I'm talking unoffended love. I'm talking about love that's not got offense tied to it. I love you, but you irritate me. No. You need to have a maturing farther, farther, greater love. We don't deserve anything good in and of ourselves. Does anybody know that? We don't. But because we choose to believe we are in Christ and in his righteousness, God our Father will not withhold any blessing from our lives today. He'll answer prayers. He'll heal hearts. Bodies will be healed. And this nation will be healed. He will not withhold any blessing if we will choose to believe in the bigness. What was it, Haley, you said? The bigness and the, you said the faithfulness and the bigness of God? We need to believe in the bigness. Because sometimes it's, yeah, he'll get me through. But the bigness is the answers beyond what we can imagine. Our part is not to struggle in our own works and be independent from God. This is the big one. I, I want you to hear this because you're going to hear this clearly. Our part is not to struggle in our own works and be independent from God because you're not at the end of yourself if you're doing that, but to focus on him receiving all we need. There are two types of righteousness in the Bible, and I want you to hear this. And we grew up honestly, with the first type. I accepted Jesus, but I also knew I had to be good and not drink and not go with those who do and don't play cards and don't dance. and don't. I wasn't allowed to do, 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 okay? And that was considered holiness. And that's not true. Is that not incredible? When I found that out, I started dancing. And I wished I, when I was young I got to, but I didn't. So now you get me. I've been practicing some real moves lately. Anyway, send that. <laughs> A righteousness that comes, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I've been watching hip-hop. Okay. A righteousness that comes from your own, own obedience. A righteousness that comes from your own obedience is Old Testament. But if you fail, condemnation, judgment, and death come. This is Old Testament. Paul was involved in the Old Testament. He was. And he was trying hard. He even writes out his credentials. I tried, and I did this, and I got this degree in righteousness, and I got this degree in righteousness. And when it comes to the letter of the law, there was nobody like me. Now, I don't think he was bragging. I think he tried really, really hard. But I want you to see something. In that law, 
his offense. Paul stood while Stephen was getting killed, stoned, because Paul was right. And it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That law of righteousness carries offense with it. And there's never complete forgiveness. There's never a freedom. Hi, Faith. There's never a freedom from condemnation. Never. I want you to hear that. Old Testament, there's never a freedom from condemnation or offense. That's why David often in the Old Testament, let me get a hold of my enemies and I'll cut their heads off and I'll do this and I'll do that to them. Because Old Testament righteousness was something man thought man could do. And it carried a spirit of offense. That's the difference. It carried a spirit of offense. It always had a right to be offended. Old Testament. That's why the church can't be unified because if the church is in the Old Testament righteousness, they have a right to be offended. If you don't baptize right, if you don't do this right, if you don't have the right politics, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, you have a right to be offended. And Jesus destroyed all of that. I think this is incredible. There's a righteousness that comes by faith in Jesus Christ. And this is the only one that has an unshakable foundation. This righteousness that comes by Jesus Christ is he's the righteousness. He's the love who forgave every man on that cross. He's the one that took every sin you'll ever do and nailed it to his body. He's the one who took the crown of thorns of every tormenting spirit, of every demonic spirit. I mean, honestly, if we could have seen in the spirit realm, there was probably legion upon legion of demons tearing at Jesus. And he walked in faith with his father and destroyed the power of unrighteousness over all of us. We are no longer unrighteous in Christ. So it's not your works. You know, I, I was like, what about Bob? You know, that's been one of my sayings. I'm not a slacker, I'm doing the work. I'm telling you something. In Jesus Christ, he did the work. In Jesus Christ, he purchased the healing. In Jesus Christ, he tore the veil. In Jesus Christ, when someone came, comes to the end of themselves, all they have to do is take a hold of him, and they don't have to work themselves out of it. That's why it's so incredible when you hear of people that they're, they're living. Well, really, we would have thought that of Paul, that they're living a life of evil and terror. They come to the end of themselves, and they see Christ. Todd White was one of those. He was horrible. He was horrible to his wife. He was horrible to his family. He was on drugs. He was a mess. And God reached down and touched him. He was at the end of himself. And he said, it was there in uh, that church in, um, what's the name of that church? Well, anyway, in uh, Harrisburg. And he said he cried on the floor. And they have on that floor, because they didn't change the carpet, a place where he had puddled and cried for six months at the grace of God. 
at the goodness of God. That's why he can go up to anybody and love them. God wants to set us free from the right to have a spirit of offense. Do you realize how free you would be if you just realized, because of Christ, I have no offense? I don't have to be touchy with pe what people say about me. My identity is Christ. I don't have to be offended. I Honestly, when it comes to uh, the enemy, the one thing he wants to do in the church is divide us. Division is it. The one thing he wants to do in marriage is divide. And I can tell you every time it starts with a little bitty offense. Every division that happens starts with a little one. Ron and I have come to a place in marriage counseling that we will not marry someone if they do not choose to forgive their parents. And I'm going, forgive your parents. You're going to be one someday. <laughs> you know what? We're all human. I want to live free from offense. Many, many times as a pastor, people have been offended on something I've said or whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You hear me. But guess what? In Christ, that is not against me. And so why would you have it against me? Why would we have offense with each other? Why? Forgive one another. That is the freedom of the cross. The first one gives you an occasional confidence. There's many who are very confident in their religion. And they ask God for a favor depending on how well they think they've done. And how well they performed. God, I've done all of this, so do this for me. That's the law. Jesus fulfilled it, and it's gone. The second one says, God, I have confidence all the time. All the time. Even if I yelled at my husband today. Even if I was in a bad mood when I got up. I have confidence all the time to access your grace and your favor all the time. Why? Because it was given to me when I was undeserving. God gave us this free gift of love, not because we deserved it, but because he's love. He wants us healed because he's love. He wants us provided for because he's love. He wants all of this because he's love. It's faith in the righteousness of Jesus and his perfect life nailed to the cross that gives us a right to the Father's unmerited favor. It's mine and it's yours. You can sit right there with him. You know, one day I was sitting there with him and, and uh, he said, what do you think I think about you? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> You know, your, our memories aren't quite as short as his because blood covers his, you know, and sometimes we have to work at it. And he said, I see my perfect son in you. I don't see any flaws in you at all. And I want you to see yourself that way. Do you know that humbles you? That's not a pride thing. I don't deserve it. He gave it. I think that's awesome. 
you can't expect good things to happen. We all know there's going to be some hard things happen, right? Life. But you can expect good things. You can ask God for big things. Haley didn't talk to you and reach out for to a blessed destiny that he has for you and your family. Every time I have encounters, and so we need encounters. Everybody needs to be at the end of themselves a lot of times in life. Okay, so you're at the end of yourself, and then you have this encounter that fills that. And every time I have these encounters, you can tell them because in my journal, I always draw this picture. I got this little bitty head and little body, and my arms are like, Because I just received heaven, and I'm there again, and I believe we're all there again. We're going to see heaven, you guys. In the next 10 to 20 years, you're going to see answers like we've never seen before. We're there. I know we're there. Every time I have encounters, my arms are wide open. I believe fire does only one good thing, one thing good. And I love it. It's Song of Songs. I love his take on the fire. You know, he put fire in my heart. Surprise, if anybody didn't know that. I have been born with a fire. I was born with a fire for God that I can't, won't quit. And he said, fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. Just put your hand on your heart and tell him, you're my fire. You're my fire. You're my fire. <laughs> okay, he is. This living, consuming flame will seal you as a prisoner of my love. My passion is stronger than the chains of death in the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire burning from the heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Rivers of pain... And persecution will never extinguish this flame. All been there. It didn't take it out. It didn't put it out. In fact, it made it greater because I went after him more. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. Everything will be consumed. It'll stop at nothing. As you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem like a sacrifice anymore. And it's not. It's awesome that we're the sons and daughters of the living God who has good for us. I love this. Remember when we had the Good, Good Father song? We haven't sang it in a while. Do you know why he's good? Because he's good. Because he's good. He's good. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, if there's anything I've ever had to get in my head, it's God is good. When things happen, God is good. If you have a picture that God might be something different, your faith will not reach to the goodness. It won't. He loves us because he loves us because he loves us. Why? Because he sent his son to the cross, 
Nothing we can do can make him love us more. Nothing we can do can make him love us less. Do you know that as parents, Ron and I, I can tell you I love my kids because I love them, because I love them, because I love them, because I love them. Nothing they can do one way or another will make me love them any more or less. I love them. That's God's love. God does that in us. He took the consequences of our sin on the cross. He took the wrath sin deserves on the cross, and he gives us overwhelming kindness to lead us to him, to repentance. So when you come to the end of yourself, and if you're praying for someone, Lord, let them come to the end of themselves. Then you need to pray this, and overwhelm them with your loving kindness. Overwhelm them with your loving kindness. Overwhelm them with how loving and kind you are. Overwhelm them. End of yourself, overwhelmed by the loving kindness of God. I'm telling you, if you don't follow that, you're crazy. You're crazy. I told Ron, I said, who could have more blessed lives than we have? He, can, he outdoes himself all the time. And he's so good. I want to I make something really clear. Remember I told you it was two, two kinds of, of righteousness, the Old Testament and the New Testament. When we're given a new heart, we're given love, and we're changed from one encounter or place of glory to another. So encounter me, God, and give me more love, okay? My sin is forgiven. I have no more condemnation, no more. Even if people are upset with me or whatever, I have no condemnation. Because I have been forgiven in him. Make things right with people. I'm not saying that. But I have no condemnation. If they don't forgive me, that's their condemnation, not mine. That's their offense. Do you know there's people that will be offended all their lives because they think they can? And that's what the devil wants. What if we're the people that are unoffendable? What if no matter what people say, we don't get offended? Ooh, I didn't like your shoes. Are you kidding me? You don't like my shoes? Oh, well. Unoffendable. <laughs> okay. I want to hear this. I want you to hear this. Your sin's forgiven. There's no condemnation. His kindness continually pursues your life. The devil came to kill not God. Old Testament has got law in it that sounds like the devil. That it sounds like him. God came to kill. No, God came to give life. The devil came to kill, not God. Any riots you see, it's not God. COVID is not God. The devil came to steal. Not God. He doesn't want anything from stolen from you. He doesn't want anything taken from you. In fact, he takes offense against the enemy and fights for you when someone or something is stolen. And he says, and you'll get repaid seven times or a hundred times, depending on how good you think he is. I'm going to believe he's a hundred times good, okay? 
I'll take the big one. The devil came to destroy, not God. How many times have I heard, well, it's just God's ways. We don't know God's ways. And I'm going, it's not God. It's not God. There's division. It's not God. There's hatred. It's not God that there is all of these things. It's not God. It's not God. Okay, you're all nodding at me, but when you get tested, you tell me whether you say it's God or not. I'm serious. It's not God that you're sick. It's not God. That's not his plan. He's not trying to mature you. He's not trying to mature us with arthritis. He's not. It's not him. I want to believe for the bigness beyond where he said, I want to take care of it all. He came so we would have goodness and life more abundantly. Jesus said this, his words. He came so we would have goodness and life more abundantly forever. Now we are lovers and givers of this good life to others. You want a sign of whether you've received from him? Are you giving it? Because you will. I love Bob Jones's word that he learned from heaven. Did you learn to love? Offense comes from the devil. And it's a kill, steal, and destroy thing. I told somebody, I said, if I could give a gift to anybody, I would give them the gift of forgiveness and no bitterness. I'm telling you, it's not worth it. It's not. Not even one memory of it. It's not. And you know what? I'm forgiven like that. So I can. He forgives me like that. He doesn't have memories of, oh, yeah, but I remember. He doesn't have that. Is that a good, good father? So let's stand up. We're going to receive from a good, good father today. I don't know where you're at, but stretch your arms out as wide as you can. Ooh, it's looking pretty good. Arms wide. This is how much you get, you know. It's how much you get. That's right. There ain't no end to my stretch. <laughs> Father, we thank you that you're a good, good father and you have good for us. And we thank you for good encounters this week. We thank you for supernatural encounters this week. We thank you for supernatural provision this week. We thank you for supernatural healing this week. We thank you, God, that our minds are free from offense and bitterness. And we thank you for supernatural love coming out of all of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Two minutes early, Paul and Laura.